Welcome to the Joy Quota Podcast. I'm Dylan Fole. And I'm Gavin Malcolm. Our guest tonight is Oscar Marquez, an awesome BMX rider, super good friend. This guy is so talented and so smart, and we get to talk real, real deep about some of the things that are important to him, and then we tell some wild stories. So enjoy. Thank you guys for having me here. Oscar's car broke down but way here. Turns out super easy fix, and now it's... It's not actually broken. It's what? it's kind of broken, I think. Ah! Like, <laughs> oh, okay. not totally what kind of what kind of car is it? So it's a BMW 325i with a S50 M3 engine swap on it. Um, so it's like it's a decently fast car. Not it's not a fast car. Well, it's what it's what year is it? It's, it's a 1989. 1989. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's so it's it's six it's six years uh, older than me. <laughs> That's the oldest car I've ever owned. <laughs> That's funny. Have you have you ever guys have you guys ever owned older cars? Ah, uh, uh-uh. no. I've made it all the way to '94, and I was born in '92, so I've gotten mm. close. Um, yeah, nothing my, yet. my first car was in '94. Yeah, was that the Outback? No, I didn't know you then. It was a '94 Ford Probe. Pro oh, light. what? Yeah. That's a that's a collector's now. You should have kept it. Yeah. Dude, I wish I would have. I sold it for $200, and I'm so what? bummed at myself for doing that. Yeah. It, I wish I had my minivan still. I did sell that for a profit, though. I bought that for, like, 700 bucks from Andrew's mom and then sold it to a kid I worked with for, like, a little over a grand. Wow. After Damn. I put 50,000 miles and zero oil changes on Holy it. Holy shit. <laughs> well, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Not really, but yeah. Shout out to the Ford Windstar. That thing was awesome. Hey, they they run. So they they run for a long time. So this is your second BMW, though, right? Yeah, that's my second BMW. Um, it's my fourth car ever in my life. Uh, my first car was a. Uh, cool. Uh. <laughs> my first car was a uh, Ford Ranger. Um, that thing was crazy. Yeah. You know, it was. It was tiny. It had a four cylinder, but I'd take it to the mountains every single time like I could. I remember one time I seen uh, Trey post that he was going to Woodward uh, Copper. Yeah. So I'm just like, all right. Uh, I pack up my bike. Same instant. I'm just like, yep, I'm going to Copper. My brother's like, hey, where are you going? I'm going to the mountains to ride the bike. And I'm like, wait, but it's snowing everywhere. I'm uh. like, no, it's good. We're going to the indoor skate park. Where? I'm like, up in the mountains. And he's like, he's never been to Copper. That was actually my first time ever b- going to Copper. So um, I just put on the GPS and there we go. We're going up to the mountains and um, I've run out of windshield wiper fluid. Oh! So I'm just like, holy crap, holy crap, what should I do? What should I do? And I'm just like, I see a semi, I just get behind it. So I'm just like rolling up behind the he- uh, semi with my head out the window just to like yeah. make sure I'm not going off track and stuff. And uh, so I make it to Sir- Silverthorn, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, by windshield uh, fluid and there we go we make it up to copper and stuff and we ride for uh good six hours uh that was a session right there <laughs> damn good six hours and um we're all psyched and stuff and we're going back and then my mom calls me she's getting off work and she's like hey where are you guys at i'm like uh we're at the skate park and she's like oh at the skate park and yeah it's an indoor skate park um 
we're going home now. So she didn't think any anything of it. I didn't tell her we were at the mountains because she'd freak out. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, we're dri- we actually struggled to start the truck. Like we were Just there it was so cold because it was so cold out there. It was negative fourteen. Was it a manual or an automatic? I feel like that makes a big difference. In it was an automatic, and it. Oh. So Dan, Danimal had to um, um, jump my battery and stuff, and yeah. so we got the, we got the truck going, and uh, we're driving, and then I missed the exit for uh, Fresco to uh, pumping gas, and I'm freaking out because I have no more gas, and like, so once <laughs> I'm going up a hill, I'm just like, okay, cool, I made it, and then right up the hill. I would put it in neutral so like it's not so I try to save gas and stuff and holy crap it was the craziest moment because I was just freaking out freaking out freaking out and all of a sudden the truck would swerve a couple times and uh because there was so much snow it was probably yeah. a foot or two of snow one when you don't have any power you can't do anything yeah. about it right like you're really basically mm-hmm. just truck sledding at yep. that point like <laughs> <laughs> like you might as well be on skis cuz that's how you get yourself out of trouble is you right, pull yourself gas. straight again. Yeah. But And there's not even any gas stations on the other side no. of the tunnel for a long time. The whole way, yeah. all the way down to, like, the dinosaur lot. No. Um, oh, I guess that's right. I, yeah, ma- I made it to a Valero, like, before these one lakes. Yeah, Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Georgetown. Yeah, so that's where I made so it. you made it. But before I made it, I had crashed. What? <laughs> <laughs> and I nearly killed... Myself and my brother, it was gnarly because... Does your mom know about this? She does. Okay. okay. She does because she had to pick us up. Oh, <laughs> no way. But wait. After I pumped gas, I still kept driving for a little while before they had to pick us up. So what kind of a crash? Like, Did you just like hit the guardrail? or? Yeah. So the crazy part is I hit the last 20 foot of guardrail there was before Cliff... Oh, <laughs> so we're driving. Um, I seen this little Subaru, like those, this little old legacy, and I just I passed it. I seen these cars, these four by four. My little Ranger was rear wheel drive on slick tires. You did that in a rear wheel drive oh, Ranger? You, what you were probably sixteen and never. I, German, you don't know I was like about, about 17, 16, yeah, but sixteen this actually. Is your first time driving in the mountains, you don't know anything. Yeah. Oh. And so. Uh, my friend and I, my friend Julio, uh, we'd go sliding the trucks because he had a truck as well. We'd go slide the trucks in the parking lots and stuff just to like, yeah, it, it was fun, like a little snow drifting. And when well, they're great for it, yeah. I bet that Ranger crushed it because oh, it's short wheelbase it's and there's no weight over no the No weight <laughs> Boom. It's sliding in a heartbeat. Um, so get caught doing that, by the way, you got to go to court. Yeah, yeah, as it turns out. You will. I, I already did it. Ah, ah Dylan, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two for three is not bad. Hey, two Just out of wait. three people. Just go. wait. You're, you Don't you put that your, on uh, me. Don't you, you get rid of your front-wheel drive focus. Dude, that thing is so good at drifts in the snow because the e-brake, you can that just e-brake lock drift. it up. Yeah. Mm. It's like the most controlled drifting. But it's not a power drift. It's not fun. Yeah. Dude. I don't know. I've linked corners before in that thing. Uh, that's impressive. This thing drifts. Uh, the new BMW I got drifts. It's, yeah, it's like nice. on dry. On dry, oh. but it's it's got uh, the differential start uh, started clicking when I got here. That's why I say it's probably still broken. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and the tranny was making noises too. 
<laughs> Actually, I did hear that. I was riding my bike around just like waiting for Oscar. And so I genuinely thought that the garage gate had like closed on his car because of the metal crunching sound. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And I look over and he's just <sighs> shit eating grin. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah, that's my transmission. Yeah, it's either transmission. Well, both things I think are messed Jeez. up. But I mean, at least you're pretty handy, just, though. Yeah, the differential, I just swapped the fluid and the gasket yesterday, today, or it's, it was a two-day process, so I finished yesterday. Well, let's keep going with the Fort Ranger story. Yeah, I want to hear about this crash almost because off of a cliff. I slid a couple times, and just from, like, snow drifting, I had, like, I knew where I was. I knew how to save the slide and, like, get back into, mm-hmm. into traction and stuff. And uh, probably slid three times before I crashed. Okay, right. so uh, the, f- the fourth time is the crash. Like, I probably swayed six times, one side to the other side, one side to the other side, about six times, and I got it back going straight, and I let my guard down. I'm just like, okay, we got this. <laughs> and then it took a real sharp right all of a sudden. I'm just like, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. And then I just see the guardrail and I see where it ends and boom, I don't remember anything from the crash. I just remember my brother freaking out, crying, trying to wake me up. And he's like, hey, yo, yo, hey, wake up. So you just smashed into the guardrail like head on. You didn't slide on it. No, head on, like straight on it. Like, oh, my God. I T-boned the the guardrail. And I wake up. uh, My brother's freaking out. There's a bunch of cars just passing us. Just like, all right, whatever. I love that no one stopped. That's insane that no I one I mean, even if there's a foot or two of snow, it's kind of a tricky situation. Yeah. If I watched two kids smash into a guardrail head on, and I, think, I, I hope think, I would stop. Yeah, I like, mean, I mean, I don't think... You're just going to get slammed into is the issue because some yeah. other person out of control, you get out of your car, they're going to hit you. It's yeah, a little it's more just, dangerous and stuff. It sucks, but... It's, so, it's yeah, that's reality. It's like... I'm glad you're... Out. So, yeah, you wake up, you come to... Yes, we're alive. <laughs> so I wake up, my brother's crying, freaking out. Um, I'm just like trying to like get back to normal, and I'm just all right. I'm just like, are the bike is the bike still in the trunk? Yeah, <laughs> I swear that's yeah. what I said. And then my brother, my brother skateboards, and he was like, yeah, I think everything's still in the trunk. And he's like, came back to normal. Like he stopped freaking out. He was crying. He thought I was dead or something. You know the crazy thing is. The airbag didn't deploy or anything. I just hit straight onto the steering wheel. That's insane. Jeez. Were you wearing um, a seatbelt? Wearing seatbelt and everything. Um, Jeez. So I get out. Uh, Clutch that you were wearing the seatbelt if the airbag didn't go off because you would have probably just smashed into the windshield. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I try to turn it over and uh, it doesn't want to turn on. It doesn't want to turn on. It just goes. Like, oh, my God, come on. I just kept trying and kept trying, and I tried to open the trunk. I got out, and the trunk was all smashed. I couldn't get it up. So oh, I, the hood? Yeah, the yeah. Uh, uh, trunk. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, English is my second language, so. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, I tried to open the hood and couldn't open it, and I get it to turn over. I'm like, turns on, boom. Yeah. We're like, all right. So we keep driving, and all of a sudden, so the bumper is rubbing against my right tire. Uh, end links were broken on the on the front suspension, and uh, so we make it to the gas station. 
Jeez. And then my parents call me again and they're like, hey, what time are you guys going to get here? I'm just like, uh, maybe half an hour. And like, where are you guys at? Uh, kind of close to the mountains i didn't tell them we we're at the mountains yet yeah <laughs> or that you just or that i had crashed drove off a cliff and so we keep driving and i try to have the tire like not rub against the bumper and stuff and eventually the tire popped yeah so i slide i'm doing i did about two 360s and Jeez. i just like i am like oh crap we're gonna crash into the mountain now <laughs> Yeah, dude, with no tire, gosh. <laughs> We're no going to crash no into gas. the mountain. <laughs> no tire, no gas, no problems. Oscar Marquez. Yeah, so we make it. We make it. We The grass stopped us, like, somehow, and we didn't hit the we didn't hit the mountain. And, like. Well, I'm sure the wheel just dug in. And yeah, I think the wheel just dug in and stuff. So uh, the car's still on and stuff. The truck's still on. So we're just chilling, and I'm just like trying to like think what should i do now like <laughs> should i pull out the spare yo and i try to pull out the spare i pull I actually pull out the spare and everything but the the bumper was so crushed i couldn't take out the regular wheel oh the, no kidding yeah Even just on the rim mm-hmm. wow so yeah the like the tire um dug into the bumper and they're all like stuck together and i'm like punching it with my foot well kicking it with my foot and uh, i can't get it out i'm just Jeez. like crap all right so like we have gas now so we don't got to worry about it because we pumped gas in uh georgetown yeah before the two lakes or yeah. something yeah. like that and um so we're chilling right there and um uh all of a sudden our battery dies like what? just like shuts off like we're like holy crap like it was 14 negative 14 when we left and yeah. um when we got to that part of the mountain the, our phone said it was negative 18 Jeez. and we were running out of battery and i'm like all right i called my parents and they're on their way and they're like they're trying to find us and stuff. And I'm just like, holy crap, I should find some road signs. So I just walk up like uh, three quarters of a mile to like, I find there's a sign that says Beaver Creek and Floyd Hill. Yeah. So I'm just like, all right, we're like about almost a mile from Beaver Creek and Floyd Hill. Once you guys see that sign, there's a little ramp and then you guys could get back onto I I-se- I-70 East and you guys probably find us. And then this um, state trooper, like, rolled up, and he's like, are you guys okay? And I'm just like, yeah, we, we're okay. Everything's good. And um, we have a towing truck on the way, but we really didn't. We just didn't want him to, like. Yeah, be weird about it. Yeah. So he's Trying like, all right, cool. Budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's like, all right, cool. And he left. That's crazy. There's a, little, there's a little bit more to that story, but. That's awesome, man, that you're alive. Yeah. That is like the craziest thing that you just straight up head on into a Jersey barrier totally. on a cliff. I had no idea that you had done that. So stoked that I eventually <laughs> got to meet you because you were a kid it, when that happened. I didn't yeah, know you. Um, it's gnarly. Yeah. So for those who don't know Oscar Marquez, the coolest dude I know, um, God, I've just been mesmerized by that swoop on the hair. This guy's always got 
on point hair. Nah. Uh, yeah. It's it's not on point. It's just it's on punto. Um, <laughs> but uh, for, for those who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself so that everyone listening can kind of get to know you. Now that they genuinely mm. are excited that you're with us. Cool. All right. So, um, uh, I'm a kid from Mexican parents that was born in Arizona and raised in Mexico. Um, I really wish. Well, while I lived in Mexico, I was like, I want to be, I want to be a pro BMX rider. I remember I used to go to a friend's house and watch no Fuel TV, and yeah. I'm just like. Oh my God! Like I seen him ride Woodward and stuff. All these guys. I'm just like, oh my God! If it if it were only just possible to be able to do that. And one day we came to the U.S. We came back. I was I'm a U.S. citizen and like boom went to school and stuff. And I'm just like got a bike off the thrift store off Goodwill. Yeah, you got a Red Goodwill Next. BMX bike. Yes, That's what's up, dude. So I remember taking that uh, pedal brake off and stuff, and I'm just like figuring out how to make it more like. BMX, BMX, and not a Walmart BMX yeah. bike, and all of a sudden, uh, I think we all did that at some point. Yeah, like, yeah, whether for it's sure. Like painting it a certain color or making sure the seat is all the way slammed. All the way slammed. Yeah, so you know, yeah. turn the Walmart bike into a. I remember getting a Walmart bike because it was right when free coasters started. Was when I started riding bikes, and I found out that you could turn one of those like pedal brakes into a free coaster like a super ghetto one and trying to do that mm-hmm. yeah and then that that was crazy i remember making a couple of those and like i remember locking locking up i remember them locking up on me and yeah. like not being able to <laughs> yeah they them. broke pretty quick <laughs> they, yeah, they were good for about a week and then uh, then they get you yeah oh. and i i mean after that uh moved into a place where um the local crack dealer uh, downstairs. What? Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna say his name, but his yeah. name's Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, he was cool. He was a cool, dude. Uh, but he he did sell weed and stuff. Uh, he gave me a bike. He threw no it to way. the trash. He threw it to the trash. He had a Shrin bike with no wheels. He had forks, bars, and a frame. It was a Shrin TJ Lavin. What? And uh, that's awesome. Wait, so did he, he give it to you or he threw it in the trash? He <laughs> threw it in the trash and then like uh, he seen me like jumping like p- over pallets and stuff. And he was like, hey, I just threw a bike in the trash. And he went over to the trash, pulled it out. And he's like, do you think you fix it? You make it right again? I'm like, maybe. And so uh, I took that what? that uh, bike to in front of our porch. It was weird because it's one of those like. Uh, duplex, but it's not a duplex because it's a five. Yeah, like a condominium. Yeah. Yeah. Where there's a bunch of houses or like apartments. Apartments. So um, I put it out there in the against the fence and locked it up and stuff so no one would take it. <laughs> no, it didn't have wheels. <laughs> <laughs> no, <it> didn't have <laughs> wheels. So are you in case. Colorado at this point? I'm in Colorado okay. at this point. So that's my first three years in Colorado. Or no, 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 no. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. That's my first year. Because right. at my first three at my first three years, I remember there's another guy. Uh, he sold me a Eastern uh, Grim Reaper with three cracks on it for twenty five dollars. Dude, it that was, uh, it's not shocking that it had three cracks in it. I think I mm-hmm. broke four of those frames. <laughs> so I got it welded. I went to this no way. I went to this electrical shop and we got it welded, and it was crazy because they had all these bubbles and stuff. Because it, dude welding it like. 
he'd only with he only welded like exhaust. Um, well, yeah, yeah, this is like a paper thin bike frame that weighed mm-hmm. three pounds. Or yeah, whatever. It, and like I'm sure the guy like it's dirty metal because of the paint and powder. Like that's such a crazy thing to try and weld. I mean, it's literally like trying to weld a coke can. It was that frame was <laughs> so thin? Yeah. So, yeah, I I get this back to work because it uses sealed bearings for the cranks and it uses sealed bearings for the headset. That's so I clutch. Just, on I, the I, I just put loose bearings from a headset onto the um, onto the headset from like a regular headset yeah. to like an integrated headset uh, frame. And uh, so I grabbed the cups from my old frame from for the headset and I smashed those in to the <laughs> bottom bracket. <laughs> What? Yes, and I'm riding with um, the tiny bearings for headsets on a BMX bike. That is so nuts. it was really ghetto. That's the coolest story. That's amazing. That worked. I mean, yes, it worked. You I, have, I have pictures somewhere in Facebook and my old Facebook account where I have pictures of it. Please send that to us so we can show that. Like we'll flash it on the screen. You've officially beaten. JT for like the craziest modification to a bike because one time he used a zip tie as a headset spacer Ooh. for quite some time, but smashing an old headset bearing because it's not the right size bearing. Mm-hmm. I had to. Put, How did you get that so to work? I had to put tape over it. Like I didn't smash the bearing, so you know you guys know the cups for um yeah for the headsets when they were unsealed mm-hmm. there was like a cup you the pressed cup. into the frame. Yes, so I pulled those cups out. I put tape over it. And then that's how I smashed it to like make it f- uh, fit the the, the, the circumference diameter. Oh, diameter. So a, a tape and bearing. That is yes. the <laughs> most magnificent thing. That's that's something that I think I want everyone to experience is that action sports mentality of I I need to ride this bike so badly I will ghetto rig anything to get this to work because I feel like. I don't know a single BMX rider or even skateboarder who's like, yeah, I just rode like wheels with no bearings for a while or like crazy yeah. stuff to just because you needed that. You needed fix. to do it. Yeah. I mean, there's so many crazy things I've done to my bike just to be able to ride it one session because a lot of the modifications I've done to it to work have only lasted me one session. Yeah. In all fairness, you and have a really aggressive session. Like, an Oscar Marquez BMX session is like 12 of my sessions. I, I did break my one of my layered frames um, four months in in just a practice session in Mexico. So this for the BMX Pro Latin Cup. You broke your frame down there. Yes. Right. It was broken, broken, like tinfoil, like... <laughs> Like literally, I've never seen a break, a uh, frame break like that in my life. No, uh, the like, only time I've done something similar was on that same Grim Reaper frame, mm-hmm. and I got hit by a FedEx truck. Oh dang! And it turned it into like a piece of licorice <laughs> on the down tube, and it literally was like all twisted and warped. Whew. Yeah, that's nuts. Four months, like I. And the crazy thing is, I didn't even know. I finished my practice. I was about. 40 minutes, 30 minutes practicing. And literally I finished the practice and my frame was cracked and I didn't know till I grabbed my bike and tried to go to the hotel, I felt the crack. I'm just like, and then I looked at it and I'm like, I'm so mad. I'm just, 
yeah real pissed because like there's nothing you can do at that yes, point yes and like in mexico contest is in no time and this You're thing is like host. it's it's a custom frame to all my specs so like to find a frame like that never yeah. i would never find one there and um luckily i had a friend that let me borrow one of his frames but he's a taller guy um he, he's like man take my bike apart do it he he has a 2125 top two. Oh wow that's for a giant person i bet yeah. you probably ride an oh my goodness frame. yeah that's crazy so yeah. back to I want to hear more about you growing up in Colorado because it sounds like that was like the craziest thing. You finally get this thing riding or rideable. It's, it's rideable. Yeah, and it, then my hub breaks. My hub breaks. So the little spring, have you guys seen the Odyssey little springs? Yeah. That they're just a little wire. So I grab an Allen wrench and uh, I'm trying to make a spring out of something. I tried like yes. all kinds of stuff already. Yes. And I couldn't find anything. I'm just like, I see these Allen wrenches and I see the spring wired around them just so you could put them into a O-ring, to yeah. like for keys. Mm -hmm. And um, I take it apart and like I stretch it. I'm like, okay, it goes back to like, to its form. I'm like, and I straighten it out and uh, I try to make a circle and it worked. It worked for one session. That is and amazing. Then, that you put in four hours of work to get that hub to work for like a three-hour session. That's yeah, hilarious. It's gnarly. So it broke. Of course. I, yeah. I, I've, I, I did the same thing. By this time, I put a little bit of oil and went with the lighter on it till it turned hot red. And then I'm just like, let it get back to normal. And it cracked. I'm just like, I try it one more time and it gets back to hot red and then... I push it and push it as far as I can. It goes back to the same, like, form. I'm just like, what? I just put it on, and it sounds just like a profile. And so it's really, really loud. And um, That is so ridiculous. It lasted me forever, forever, until, like, one day it was rainy and stuff, and, like, I guess it snowed a little bit, and people thought, like, it was going to snow real bad, so they start throwing salt and then yeah the salt got into the hub and stuff it got all rusted and cracked Jeez. so that that's after like three years like of running See, it like kids, that kids you don't have to always have the craziest nicest parts like that is such a perfect example of like if you want to ride there are no excuses if you want to do anything there are no excuses like i talk to people all the time who they want to get into something Right, whether it's painting or hiking or BMX or, or something, and they're always just like, oh, I don't have exactly the right stuff that I would want or I don't have the best tools or the best um, equipment. And to get started, like now that probably would be hard to ride with and it probably wouldn't last as long because you've progressed so much in your BMX yes, that definitely. you're just harder on parts. But what easily could have been an excuse or, or a reason to stop or to give up on BMX or to be like, oh, I don't have enough money to buy parts. It forces you to be creative. And I think that kind of, I guess for lack of a better term, has shown up in your riding as well as probably other areas of your life where even on your way here, you, you yes. like got creative to solve the problem you of your car and you found this, this magic switch that was the radiator fan and all of a sudden your car works again works and we're good um whereas i think most people 
might give up in a situation like that. And I, I think that's super highly recommendable or not recommendable. Uh, just impressive. And like, have you always had that mentality I've, of like, I'm going to try I've, and I've, solve I've always had that mentali- mentality of I'm going to do it. I'm going to fear something out because my mom's always been like that. My mom, like my mom and my dad, like. So you get it from your folks? Yes. They've like taught me like never give up because there's always a solution. Like life is only like everything in life is mechanical. It's like it's yeah. fixable. It's yeah. fixable except death. Which even death. Then you don't even have to worry about it cuz you're dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. My dad growing up always told me there's anytime I'd start like my hub breaks or something. He's like, it would drive me crazy as a kid. And now I'm so grateful for it. He would always say, there are three solutions. You might not like them all, but there are at least three solutions to your problem. If it was, I wanted a new bike part or I wanted anything or something broke or literally anytime I was complaining, you just walk up and say, there are at least three solutions to your problem. If you're willing to think, there are at least three. And once, you know, you can't, you would obviously come up with like three just to spite, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> oh, I could, maybe, maybe, maybe. And then after you'd say like the three terrible ideas that obviously you would never do, all of a sudden the switch would flip and the light would turn on. You'd be like, actually, uh-huh. I could do I this. I could take apart the Allen wrenches and use the spring from that. And all this, right? Like some sort of weird solution like and that would pop up. There's definitely a lot of weird solutions to life because you don't necessarily have to have the right thing to make something work. Yeah. You know, um, another example, like my mom's always been the positive side of encouragement to like get past obstacles. And my dad's kind of been the negative side of encouragement to get past obstacles because my dad's always been the one that's like, oh, you can't do it. Like, I uh, like he challenges yes, you. Yes. So of now you. I'm gonna show him. Like, okay, I can do this. I what remember cool dynamic. I remember as a uh, during that time of that red bike, that shrin that I got from the crack dealer. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to learn um, foot jam tail whips, so okay. I screwed up my back rim that I put on it. Like yeah. it was messed up, and so. I was taking it apart, and my dad's like saying, "Hey, what are you doing to the wheel?" I'm like, "I'm trying to put this rim on this wheel on this hub," and he's like, "But you can't do that. You're not a bike mechanic." I'm like, "Well, why not? Like, once all those spokes go loose, you're not going to be able to put them back together." I'm like, "Well, I'll try to figure it out," and he was right for the first three days. I gave up. Yeah. <laughs> I gave up. I gave up. And For those who don't know, lacing a hub to a wheel of a BMX bike or any bike for that matter is genuinely difficult, especially if you don't have someone who knows what they're doing teaching you how to do it. It has a correct pattern that it has to follow. Yeah. Um, and everything has to be the right length. Like now and, with the yeah. internet, you can like follow along on YouTube, I'm sure, mm-hmm. or take any one a million tutorials, but trying to figure it out on your own. Is gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after the third day, I'm like, oh my God, I gotta ride my bike. What I do, I'm just like, 
why didn't I ever, ever look at my front room? I pull out my front room, and then I'm following the steps from my front room. Mm. And there's the crazy thing, because I have a 36-spoke uh, uh, back wheel, okay. and the rim I'm trying to put on it is a 48-spoke. Oh, so the pattern's so different. The pattern's different. And I, I still do it. I still, like, it's kind of weird, and it worked. I tell my dad, look, I'm not a bike mechanic, but I just did it. And that's happened with so many things like in life that my dad challenges me. Like when I remember uh, taking apart my car um, head gasket cover, head cover. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, what are you doing? No, I'm just <laughs> like, don't worry. YouTube is my friend. Dude, YouTube is like the most unbelievable assistant. Any Anything... Like nowadays, there really is three solutions to every problem because you oh, can YouTube. Mm-hmm. You could type anything into YouTube, and I promise there's a how-to. I've been like super specific about like a weird off-brand car with an off-brand problem, and there's someone who's filmed it and put it on YouTube. Yeah. But more importantly, I think it's pretty cool that you've had both the encouragement and the challenge because I think a lot of people growing up only end up with one, right? Like. I had a lot of encouragement as a kid, but I didn't get a lot of the, I bet you can't, in, in like a healthy way, like your dad were like, you're crazy, man. You can't get that back together. It's like a, like an offer to be challenged, right? It's something to prove him right. Not because he doesn't want you to prove him wrong. It's because he it's, wants to see the best come out of you and it's like a challenge. I think that's... I Something wish. really unique and special that you have, and it explains a lot about the awesome person that you are because <laughs> you are the most encouraging, supporting person and also the most competitive. And it's it's so cool to see how far that's been able to push you. I mean, like, I wish it was kind of like that. But it's, my dad just grew in, like, a sour family. There. Okay. So he's he's picked up some of that sourness, and it's like when he tells me I can't do something, it's like he really actually thinks I can't do it. So like, I mean, with my dad, um, it's yeah. So maybe the intent wasn't there, but the results the, the results were like there. You um, got that? Yeah, like uh, yeah. I'd rather not talk about. My yeah, age. dude. No, I mean. Let's uh, push into the next subject is natural and we'll kind of shoehorn it in anyways. But um, talking about Oscar as like an awesome, awesome individual. I met you riding BMX with Yellow Designs. And um, what's super fun about Oscar, I've known this guy for several years now. And if a smile could be a human being, it was this guy. He... uh, true story i remember riding with him for the first time and this guy he shows up and right away he just fit into the crew he was just smiling he he was fired up and even more impressively this oscar is one of those people who if he says he's going to do something he is going to do it <laughs> which is yeah. the greatest like growing up in a uh like as a white kid in parker there wasn't ever any accountability, right? Like anyone I knew could be like, oh, I'm going to do this and then never do it. And there was never any consequences and there was never any like accountability there. 
I've never once seen Oscar not do something that he said he was going to do. Totally. Literally, if it was trying a trick, if it was getting a car, if it was getting a new frame, if it was coming to a party, like literally is I've never once not seen Oscar hold his word. Um, I think that I, I'd like to hear anyways, some stories of that insane tenacious commitment you have when it comes to bike riding because I know that you have a lot of stories when it comes to like overcoming that fear and like it's crazy I said I'm gonna do this so I'm gonna do it yeah definitely like I mean uh, just like seeing stuff happen like uh, how people like do it and like their motives to doing stuff and um, I have one of the weirdest motives and that's more like um essentially we're all gonna die yeah we're all gonna die so why back out from something because having fear of getting hurt having the fear of yeah um not being able to do it i mean i'm gonna do something when i say i'm gonna do something because at one point it's all over. It's all over. Yeah. It's in a blink. It all ends. So, I mean, I mostly every day I try to, like, overcome every challenge I have because there might be not be another day. And I might have not enjoyed the day, my last day, as much as I would have if I would have over- overcame that challenge. Yeah. Because there is something so joyful and so, like euphoric about overcoming something that even you were kind of like, I don't know if I can get past this, right? Like all the challenges where I really didn't think I could fix it. Going back to your, like, I'm going to be able to fix anything mentality. I remember like I rolled my truck and it was ruined and I couldn't sell it. And I was way in the hole in the thing and I really loved it. So what was I going to do and kind of coming up with a loose game plan of that this might work. And then all of a sudden flash forward to it's fixed. It looks better than before. It has a sunroof now. (laughs) And I've like made this thing happen. And that to this day gives me like joy that I don't think you can find anywhere else. There's something so special about overcoming something like you're talking about of, why would I not at least try and overcome the challenge? Because it's all going to, I mean, at one point we're all gone anyways, so why not give it 100% because this is the, my only shot to give it 100%. Yeah, like, I mean, you can't live saying, oh, I can do it tomorrow. There might not be tomorrow. Yeah. All of a sudden, the whole dinosaur apocalypse could happen again. Or yeah. Um, some... Something like, crazy, something yeah. Something crazy, could... so you can't just take the chance and, like, of waiting for the next day. You have to take the chance at the moment. Yeah. Because if you don't, then, like, even still, like, if the world doesn't end and you're still good, you might have not been, like, able to go back to it and, like, actually do it. Yeah, that's something I've actually been thinking about a lot going back to BMX because – we're all part of this weird BMX family. Yeah. Um, I've been realizing now it 
kind of making making amends or like coming to terms with my BMX career of saying like, I don't want to be a professional rider. It's not something I have a goal to be. I'd like to be a full-time rider, mm-hmm. which is I have enough money coming in from other things that I can ride whenever I want. Um, but that being said, I'm also far less interested in getting hurt now that I'm getting older and I'm married. Yeah. And there's a lot of things there. Though now, thanks to my wife, I have health insurance, so <laughs> get married, everybody. It's health the best. insurance. Uh, yeah, oh, my dude. God. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Well, I'm already like, I've got a list of surgeries. Yes. We're going for the smallest deductible so that I can just mm-hmm. like yes. max it out one year and just go crazy. Oh, um, my goodness. But it's so funny because now with that same mentality of like, I'm not going to get chances every single day to scratch certain itches when it comes to BMX, mm-hmm. this trick or that trick or that gap or this skate park. And um, it's so weird really evaluating life through that lens of today might be the last day. It might not be. It's more than likely not going to be. But I want to make sure that I really squeeze everything I yes. can out of today. And um, how that showed up in my riding. Um like a lot of weird tricks like I still want to do a flip whip mm-hmm. for real like not to a resi and so that's something that I'm looking forward to trying this year and like a lot of things that I'm trying to get done now now because at some point you might not actually you might still be alive my real yes my real fear is to be alive but not have the chance to be to do something to go, that I come, could have yes that's one thing I always talk with my dad about he wanted me to be a bank accountant or doctor or Something yeah, like that. Something more professional. Yes. Or like, and I'm like white collar. Um, I'm not gonna do that. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm smart. I'm really really smart, and I could do it if I want to, but I'm not gonna do it. I don't want it. I don't have any sort of desire to do it at this time. I'm young and I like what I do on my bike, and um, I'm happy what I'm doing on my bike and stuff. So. Yes, I'm not going to do I'm not going to go to college. I'm not going to go do all yeah. this stuff. And um, he's like, oh, you're making a big mistake and whatever. Okay, whatever. I told yeah. him. I'm pretty sure that my brain and everything's still going to be pretty, pretty good when I'm 40. So if I decide to go to college, I'll go when I'm 40. Yes, 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 yes. I couldn't be more on board with that because I think too many people – try and go through life using their head as the only true north of their compass. And you are such a great example of someone who uses their heart as their compass. You You do a lot of things specifically because your heart tells you it's what you're supposed to be doing. And you listen to it better than I think most people do. And I think that's such a big part of joy quota and making sure that you're really going to look back on your life feeling fulfilled and I would love to hear more about just what that looks like for you because now that you brought it up you listen to your heart more than your head or maybe not more than but if you had to rank them like it goes heart then head yes, right? like most definitely. my heart's telling me I should do this and then my head figures out how I can follow it mm-hmm. like they're working as a team instead of it has to be one or, one or the, the other, other. Yeah. Most definitely. Uh, 
if there's something I want to do and that's what I want to do, I will do it. I will definitely do it. I have no problem telling my the people at work, hey, peace. Yeah. Like literally just like that. I remember working at a gym and these guys were like, hey, uh, we're going to have to change your schedule and stuff. And I'm like, there's a contest coming up. And I'm like, oh, shit, I can't do that. Um, I'm just like, yep, uh, later. Yeah. No two weeks, nothing. Boom. Dude, I you respect know? that because I think culturally that's not something that a lot of people think is right. Respect is that that voice coming from their heart to tell them, like, this is what I want to do. This is, or more importantly, this is what I need to do, right? Because yeah, like I feel like even with BMX excluded, there's a lot of examples in your life of where you just listen to your heart instead of your head. Well, and you have that line, like, you know, if you, this is more important, like no matter what, like no job is worth missing this contest. No. And that's pretty, that's rad. Yeah. I respect the absolute bejesus out of that because... I think it's rare, and I think it's to be admired. Um, I remember uh, senior year. Uh, Trey had gone to California a couple times already, my, and uh, he was going to California. He told me, "Hey, I'm going to California with AJ." That moment, he told me, uh, "He he said, uh, you, would you like to come?'" And I'm just like, "What dates? What's the date?" Yeah, and he tells me, "I'm just like, instantly, instantly." Boom, booked a flight. Like literally f four to three minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I tell Trey, hey, I got my flight already. And he's like creaking out. He's like, I haven't even told AJ. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> people need people like you in their lives. Someone who makes an honest man out of their hopes and dreams. Right? So That's awesome. We tell AJ, AJ's like, all right, cool. That, yeah, sure. And he's like, uh, where are you landing? And he's like, well, I'm like, uh, LAX. And I'm like, he's like, dude, I live in Wrong Santa Ana. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Wrong airport. So, yeah, um, sadly, uh, I had AJ go pick me up an hour away in gnarly traffic in California. Yeah, I'm I sure he was pumped. Wrong. Yeah, no, he was like, we had such a good session. Like, it was crazy because probably like third day... I concussed myself at Stephen Murray's house. Uh, I can't really write. Those jumps are huge. Yeah. I don't think I'd even drop in. They're that, not They're they, not actually that, that really? big. They just look tall because they're yeah. kind of like on a hill. And every video I've ever seen of them is Larry Edgar riding them. <laughs> so everything looks monstrous. Where yeah, I'm like, wow, I didn't know. know that jump sent you 30 feet in the air. Just for Larry. Not for humans, yeah, they're, exactly. They are really fun. Like, they're probably the most stealth dirt jumps I've ever hit in my life because you don't, wow. you just have to roll and it does its own thing. That's I cool. just can't ride uh, berms. So. Oh. oh, I do remember that. Yeah. Were, Were you there? there? I, I had, I'm pretty sure... What? Yes, you were there. Yeah, this is went, BMX like, memory happening. Over the, over mm -hmm. the berm and just over the like, berm? smashed or something. And I smashed yeah. against my head, smashed against the tree. Dude, <laughs> I, I swear. that's vicious. Yeah, and so I go into like uh, Steven's house and like I just go into his bathroom just to like check my face, make sure I don't got like no gnarly cuts. I just had a couple of scrapes in my lip. Yeah, and you stuff. can't be damaged in that 
moneymaker right there. Oscar's a beautiful man. You can't be wrecking the face. I'm getting wrinkles now. It's because you're smiling, though. They're <laughs> yeah, good wrinkles. Um, wrinkles. What are you, 21 years old? Yeah. <laughs> I need a shot of Botox. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy because I had the most unexpected people, like, come out here and, like, try, like, hey, are you okay? Well, not, like, everybody was like, hey, are you okay? Yeah. But um, Colton Satterfield is one of, like, the best uh, yeah. mega ramp riders. He, like, comes up to me really, really worried. He has, like, triple antibiotic, and he's like, oh, let me see that cut. Let me... Let me uh, clean it up and stuff. And I'm just like, what? I'm just like, this is Colton Satterfield. I'm just like freaking out because like. Uh, yeah, like, trying not to fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> like a hero's yeah. patching your face cuts. Mo- mo- <laughs> That's amazing. That's Most definitely he's one of the guys I learned three flips because of. Because he was one of like, I just seen him do three flips all the time. I'm just like, oh, I want to be like him. Yeah. Dude, how how cool is it? Colton's not a nice guy. That's awesome. And I think that that's another thing that BMX, like, for life lessons has taught all of us that you just naturally match and model people around you, right? Like, I see so many people where they want to get into something and they're like, I don't even know how I'd learn piano. And it's like, well, go find mm-hmm. someone who knows how to play piano, dummy. Like, it's not that hard. Um, and I, I – really attribute BMX to that for all of us where if I wanted to learn something, I just went to whoever could learn that trick or I saw someone do something and I was like, well, it clearly can be done. So I'm going to learn it. And I think that's uh, another weird BMX life lesson. That Still lots of trial and error as Oscar mm-hmm. knows well. Oscar is one of the best f- crashers, I guess you could say, or yeah, he I mean, is just he, the best at trying things. He's just yeah, he's the best at trying things. Like that's my favorite is like well, it's also scary for anybody watching, but it was at first. Now I'm just like, no, Oscar's going to smash this first try in the whole Yeah. It's like and if not, he's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, I've seen you walk out of crashes that would cripple me <laughs> and he's just like, I'm good. I'm going to try it again real quick. Yeah, I still remember uh you, Dylan, I, we, we got to Pat Casey's house, so this guy that has a great, yeah, he has a crazy ramps in his backyard, and I just start riding it, like, whatever, and uh, Dylan's like, Oscar doesn't need to get used to it, he got used to it the first try, remember, like, everybody's <laughs> like, warm up, Oscar, and, like, it's, it's weird, like, um, I've also taken my riding to a point where, like, um, I'm gonna do, like, what I'm feeling at the moment yeah, more than and, what I and should. by moment, it's like literally leaving the lip is when he decides which <laughs> yeah. trick is <laughs> yeah. to I was at a skate park today that um, it's Wheat Ridge Skate Park in Colorado. It's pretty fun. It's a small little skate park, nothing big. And I remember watching Oscar Superman and also flip the four-foot spine, second run of the day. In the first run, he was like doing other tricks on it. And then we're all, like he shows up at the skate park and then just drops in and does like an X Games run through this bowl that is super tight, super small, quick transitions, and he just shows up and just, oh, yeah, I'm feeling it, and just like whips over the spine one way, does something, comes back, supermans the spine, and then that's part of his first run. Second run, and he just drops in, 
flips the spine like four feet high <laughs> and then just keeps keeps going and the whole skate park's losing it like what this is crazy <laughs> yeah it goes back to that feeling your heart like you are so in tune with the moment and with the present and what you're literally capable of an experience it's it's mesmerizing to watch on a bike because like Dylan said it's so on the fly and so quick What's some of your favorite stories from being on your bike? Because I feel like that's brought us all so much joy, and that's all how we met. Um, <clears throat> definitely, like, the first time I ever made it to Woodward. Like, that's a big moment for anyone in action sports. Yes, anybody yeah. in action sports. It was it was crazy. Like, I remember just uh, from, going, from being um, a boy in Mexico who watched that on TV and, like, never really thought it was possible, kind of, like, or it was just like a far reach. Yeah, it's a pipe dream. You you'd never because actually make it. It'd be cool, but yeah. Yeah, like it. Yeah, it'd be cool. And like me being at Woodward, I remember uh, it was during that time we went to Cal. I went to California, and um, yeah, like AJ was like, "Hey, you guys want to go to Woodward?" I'm like, "No way, really." I'm just like, "Yeah." And so we go on the weekend, and uh, we go to Woodward, and yeah, I was freaking out, man. Like it just like makes me think like you can truly truly accomplish whatever you want in life as long as like you stay in the path because i mean when i was that age and when i was little and stuff dreaming about going to woodward like i never really made it like a goal yeah and i accomplished it like without even like um setting myself to it yeah you didn't set like a hard and fast i want like you just knew that that was a dream to ride your bmx bike because you just wanted to and the natural progression of staying on that path led on that path to the accomplishment of this woodward well dream. and you you i would say you didn't think it was impossible right like it was just <laughs> like we've been yeah. talking about like it is you just you don't it's set mechanical. it as a goal but it's just like mm-hmm. you know that could happen and then it does yeah. yeah it's it's crazy because at one point it was like impossible and at one point i just forgotten about it and i was like it was whatever and then i was like holy crap i've made it this far i'm like yeah uh yeah it just made me freaked out freak out a little bit i was yeah happy it's so funny because ah, that's a, such a big does it does everyone here remember going to woodward for the first time for those who don't know, action sports is there's a Disneyland called Woodward and there's a few locations around the country and it is the coolest place. It's literally acres of skate parks and foam pits and everything mm -hmm. an action sports athlete could ever, ever dream of and super unique ramps and it's literally something that if you're in action sports, you know of it and you've dreamt of going. I remember my first, like, I, walking up to the camp and just being like, I'm here. It was, it was better than every Christmas, every everything I've, better than a first kiss. So I was just like, I'm here. <laughs> I'm finally here. Um, your first time was probably for filming, right, Dylan? Um, yeah, it, it was with AJ. I wasn't, like, But then that, you're a I full think, adult. Yeah, I was an adult. So, like, I, I didn't have quite the the shocking... There was no, like, I've finally made it to Woodward moment, though, even as an adult. Um, 
No, not like I definitely thought it was overwhelmed and thought it was cool, but it was like our first time with AJ is like we were working, so it was like we were already signed up yeah. for three weeks of working, so it was just like kind of a set thing. It wasn't just like we're, we've got you know, five days to just take it all in and be overwhelmed and mm-hmm. all okay. this. It's like, yeah, you went there for work, so it's a little different. yeah. Which, yeah. So um, I feel like something fun that we all have in common is we've all worked for and been a part of the Yellow Design stunt team for quite some time. Um, I'd like to hear a fun story from Yellow Designs. Oh, my God. Where there's should so I start? Many. Yeah, there's so <laughs> many. Um, but just like... I guess we'll keep it on the Joy Quota theme of like when you think of Joy Quota and Yellow Designs, I can think of dozens of experiences where because of Yellow Designs, I've met the Joy Quota. I've raised the bar for what it takes to to reach the Joy Quota. I'd love to hear something like that. Anytime I'm with Yellow, we're meeting Joy Quota. Yeah. Yellow, like the time I've probably like spent like truly been like holy shit is this one time we went to gypsum for some shows out in Col- gypsum Colorado in the mountains yeah. and uh so we were gonna stay out there for a little while and uh we roll up um we got the cool buzz we got the yeah. ramp in the back everybody's looking at us all weird and stuff i got all kinds of fruits and stuff for the way um just being out there like with yellow like in the mountains like Riding just random, a random skate park yep. just for 30 minutes. Like it was summer, the mountains, uh, the homies. I didn't even ride with pads on. What? Like that's, that's strange. That's to me. saying like, something. Um, it's it's weird it's 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 hard to explain like how i felt at that moment because it was like it was worry free it was i had no worries i had i was just genuinely riding my bike as if i would have like been like a 13 year old kid wishing he could do all this stuff but i was able to do all that stuff so i was just tearing that skate park up kind of not really but i know the most part i was and that's probably one of the most memorable experiences I've had with Yellow. Like, mm, the show was gnarly. I mean, I didn't have a girlfriend, and all the chicks were like, oh. "Yeah, he's a beautiful <laughs> man." Huge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, dude. Yeah, I know the feeling of Yellow Designs has brought that same experience into my life, where all of a sudden I'm just with my family, my chosen family. It's not the blood family. And all of a sudden you're worry free. Yeah. You're just completely present. You're in the moment. And even if you're not riding like X games caliber, all of a sudden you just recognize that your body and what your heart and mind and everything is in the same spot where you're like, Oh, I'm going to go ride this ramp and do this trick. And it just happens exactly like you want it to. And then you look over and it's your best friend doing the same thing. And then yellow's, out there doing something and before long all of a sudden you're incapable of thinking or being outside of that moment and that experience that's that's awesome yeah jail is definitely one of the people i look up to like as um not giving up or like just being tough 
Okay, oh, just being tough. Yeah, that's okay. A sh- I'm always like, I want to be like yellow. I like for a long time. I'm like, I want to be like Hoffman. Yeah. And once I met yellow, I'm like, I want to be like yellow. Yeah, he's like a tangible version because you've met him, you've spent mm-hmm. time with him, and yeah. Wait, so he had the the actual thought of I want to be like yellow. You're considered mini yellow. Did you have that thought of I want to be like him, or did it was it just natural because you looked up to him so much and he kind of yeah. like taught you. So for the viewers or the listeners, we've both had the nickname, Oscar and I both have the nickname of Baby Yellow because we both latched on to Brian Gavigan in a way that most people didn't because we both started doing shows with him so young and just like got just embraced into the the mess that is the right. Your, family. Your role model was this dude that would try and backflip and land on his head and then get up and like the crowd would be going crazy and then he'd like go pedal at it again land on his head again and then get up and like the crowd was going even more (laughs) crazy like what is this dude doing and then he'd go and like third try or fourth try he'd actually pull it and then everyone would just go nuts oh yeah the place would erupt I mean he's just covered head to toe in blood uh, half the time and like like, there's yeah. no show that he didn't fall and destroy himself. Like, that's just what it was. I, this is the person that they learned how to ride bikes from. Yeah, I I definitely remember aggressively thinking, like, I want to be like Yellow. Because he was the only person I knew who had done anything in BMX. Right? Like, I, I remember the thought of, I want to ride my bike. I want to do BMX forever. Like, the moment I saw mm-hmm. it. And then a couple months later, I see a Yellow Design stunt show, and it's my first experience tangibly with BMX, not just on a TV or something. All of a sudden, I'm I'm literally, like, shaking hands with some dude who's doing what I've already decided I want to do forever. And um, he was just so kind, and he was so warm, and he kind of took me in in a way that I don't think I really deserved at the time because I was pretty socially strange and and hard to be around and he just welcomed me in in that classic yellow bear hug and um yeah i definitely remember thinking i want to be like yellow and just that same mentality of i would just throw myself at stuff so aggressively yep (laughs) (laughs) well he probably saw that in in both you guys somehow just like these dudes have what it takes to you know, take over after me or what, whatever it was. Yeah. Like he saw, saw he the, saw that little spark in you guys that like these guys are worth putting on the team, like putting in the time to like. Oh, that's a really nice thought. That actually like really warms my heart. I'd never thought of it that way, but that's a pretty valid point. Because why, why else would you? I mean, for his sake, you know, yeah. it, why else? Yeah, I mean, it's so funny because I feel like we've both had the same starting point of like we meet Yella and we're like, wow, I want to be this guy. And then we've both kind of taken it different directions mm-hmm. is in terms of like our riding styles, um, which is kind of interesting, like the, the nature versus nurture concept. Like if you wanted to apply it to the evolution of bikes instead of a person, um, it, it's so wonderful that you looked up to yellow the same way um because i think you have 
the same quality as yellow if you both really listen to your heart in a way that most people don't. That's one of the best lessons I think I've ever learned from yellow uh, is Brian Gavigan listens to his heart really, really well. If his heart is telling him to do something, to say something, to... Oh, yellow's going to do it. He's going to do it. And I think that that's something that you and him have in common. So I'm not shocked that Yellow saw a bit of himself in Oscar because he's always had that in-tune nature with himself, and Oscar clearly does. I remember um, second or third concussion. I can't remember which one it was. <laughs> I, I, th yeah. I think I have six real concussions and like probably like another like five like mini concussions yeah. or yeah there's like a half yes. dozen baby ones in there that uh -huh. we're not gonna <laughs> for for all of us yellow uh we were at a uh, bank hearts backyard dirt jumps and yeah. knocked myself out got up I'm like oh <laughs> um started seeing all the little bubbles all the little stars and um i remember that day i got there through the rtd through the bus And it was about an hour and 40 minutes to get from my house to wow. Bankard's house. And I made it for the jam and stuff and um, we were hiding and stuff. And yeah, I had an uncertified helmet and crashed and knocked myself out. And I didn't know how I was going to make it back home. And Yellow was going, um, he was going back home. And uh, so he lives close to Colfax. At the time, I lived close to Colfax. So uh, he took me to his house and close to his house. Um, we were talking and stuff and telling me all these stories about when he used to write X games and like how he broke both his wrists and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm just like, that's the moment where I'm like, this dude's crazy. That's what I want to be like. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was the craziness that made me want to be like yellow. That's such a good point. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just want to send it. And, uh, and I, I, at that moment, I, it's, I had, I was already, I already had the send it mentality. I've always had the send it mentality. Yeah. Like, so like just from hearing his stories, I'm just like, holy crap, this dude's like, he's like, he probably went through all the stuff I'm going through right now. Like, he's probably going to be a real good mentor, like, to like overcome a couple of things he might have encountered that I will encounter throughout uh, BMX riding. Um, it's crazy, like, Yellow, he's a whole different person. Like, Yeah, he's a different breed of human being for sure. He's so rad. Yeah. He's just... Like, um, I would say he's... Like, I grew up in Mexico and everybody's like hugs and stuff and mm -hmm. like uh, kisses on the cheek and stuff. So... Yeah. It's a lot more affectionate culture. Yes. And I've seen that in Yellow, like... Yep. And um, here in the U.S., I don't see that much. So I'm like, holy crap. Yep. Yeah, this dude's got a heart yeah. three times his size. So I'm going to latch on to this guy. Yep. That's awesome. And we all, Yellow and I always talk about it, like how crazy, like, people um, live out here in, like, uh, first world countries. They're just, like, focused on making money. um, on materialistic stuff rather than like fulfilling like what you want in life like well not what you want in life but 
fulfilling what you truly truly feel like is important to you yeah. like to to truly be happy like truly be happy because um i feel like a lot of stuff i was telling him about a video i seen like everything was labeled happiness cigarettes tv um tvs uh, cars yeah. all this was labeled happiness but it's just all artificial like true happiness i feel like comes from like people to people interactions and not from materialistic stuff yeah you're preaching the choir man i totally agree because it's really easy to get sucked into focusing on external stuff to become happy and i think that's one of your natural gifts is because you're so i guess acute to what your heart is saying and you're so aware of it and you're so in tune with it that it's just more natural for you to to recognize well, if I focus on the inside and what my heart's telling me to do and, and really lean into what's important to me, I'll find happiness in a way that's a lot more fulfilling and I'm not always just chasing the next high. Yeah, because if you're just doing that, you're just going to get to a point where you're like, <coughs> oh, I need something else, I need something else. And like, you're never going to truly like, um, get to a point where you're cons consistently happy. Yeah, where that joy quota is actually met, and you're not always chasing it. It's mm -hmm. it's just in a place where you're there. And um, I remember also one of my first pro contests. Uh, it was it was weird, like um, like hanging out with all the pros and stuff, and seeing how some of them were and how some of the other ones were. Yeah. Because definitely once you reach a certain yeah. level of fame, it's I feel like people change. And they certainly can. I try like once I got to that level, like to actually be writing professional contests. I'm just like, okay, um, just never forget where you came from. Yeah, I remember my first pro contest was in Mexico for a. I a know. Contest. I remember watching, being super pumped. I was like, how cool is it that Oscar's first contest is in Mexico? This the, is the raddest. Dylan was filming it. That uh, Cuernavaca. Oh. Or the and it was like, yeah. and it was hosted or like kind of brainchild of a different friend of ours. AJ was mm -hmm. a big part of making that contest mm -hmm. happen. Ivan, uh, AJ's brother. Yeah. Like yeah, it was, was like such a family affair. And for that to be Oscar's first pro contest, I remember being stateside, just like watching and being so fired up. Like, this is the greatest thing. This oh. is what it's all about. Yeah. I remember, um, being it was 20 uh international pros and 20 national pros from mexico so like i just like see saw everything how the um, how a lot of people were like getting to a certain level and stuff i'm just like i definitely don't want to be so, like this guy and i definitely want to be like this guy like definitely um i was there and i just it doesn't matter who it is it could be this little kid. I'm going to treat him the same as this big pro writer that's been writing for many years. Yeah. Like, um, just like I was like told myself, I'm just never going to be like unreal, like fake emotion, show fake emotions or like ignore somebody just because they're like not at a certain level or something like that. Like, yeah, everyone's a person mm -hmm. and therefore they have, mm -hmm 
the same right to be like interacted with and, yes. and to be kind and to yeah I think that's, that's a, a really big that's one big thing that my mom taught me like yeah definitely like you can't ever just like if you like get to a certain point you can't act like oh um I'm too cool for you now yeah too cool for school what ah someone <laughs> sat on a phone <laughs> I don't think, but I don't I don't it's not necessarily fair to say that all big oh no pros no, are, no 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 like that. And no it, and it does become one of these things of like <laughs> you know once you're harassed yeah 50,000 times, times you you kind of just you, like, yeah you uh, get sick of it yeah, yeah. I, it's I, easy I, it's I, easy I, to armchair yeah, yeah, yeah. yes because there there is truth to it um but uh like i like i said there there's some real cool uh writers that were like yeah there's a colton yes. satterfield who's literally never met oscar before and he's like applying ointment to his face after he took a hard crash and then there's like the the opposite side of that spectrum yes um, because well yeah obviously i'm not gonna say names yeah. or some and stuff but there's guys who are really into themselves and like Speaking of someone who's really into themselves, I can understand the temptation <laughs> for sure. Um, and there's no judgment. For yeah, it's, I, I, I think Davin does a good balance of like being into himself but also caring about people. I, I don't know if I do as good of a job as I tell myself I do. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Um, to get on, so we've been super deep and, and I've enjoyed how wonderful uh, it's been to kind of explore your incredible brain because you're so smart and you're such a good guy. Wait, can we hear the? Uh, I was gonna say it'd be it'd be fun to story? end with. Let's hear one, maybe two fun stories, and then we'll we'll kind of wrap up. I know I have one awesome story I want to share about Oscar, but I want to hear one like fun story from Oscar, and then we'll. Yeah, before we were yeah. recording, he mentioned stealing a. Oh, uh, no. or no, so, a friend of his, a friend, a friend of his, still, yes, a guy he yes, knows. yes, John. Uh, so, yeah, a friend of his allegedly borrowed a city vehicle without Yes, permission. and so I was in middle school and John, your, John, your friend John, John, my friend John, we were actually in a group and uh, so with John, Frankie and I can't remember this other guy's name. He was really quiet. He never really spoke. He was just around us. And so Frankie was telling John, man, look at the truck. I bet you won't go in it. <laughs> and uh, John was like, Phew. he was trying to be cool and stuff. And so John's like, yeah, I could do it. Watch. So he opened the truck. He got in it. And then they find um, what would it be called? Kind of like a little mini tablet like but it wasn't a tablet it was kind of like uh an agenda it was an uh digital like agenda a palm pilot, or whatever. A palm pilot. Yeah. yeah back in the day yeah so frankie's like hey take the palm pilot i'm like nah so john's like no and um so he started john started getting called names and stuff and uh so john decided the badass thing to do would be Take the truck since the keys were in the truck. <laughs> of course, the keys Boom. were in the truck. So Frankie, the other guy, and John are in the truck, and they're driving it with a trailer in the back. And uh, the trailer before, the trailer and this was before they had ever dr driven before. Was this their first time driving? John had driven 
in not on a non-road. So yeah, John, like John, John, John knew how to move the truck. <laughs> John knew how to move the truck. So John moved the truck and um, went about two or three blocks, and everybody got scared. So um, John got off the truck, and Frankie and the other guy, and they they all just went back to class and stuff. Like nothing ever happened, and. There we go. We have the cops come in and pull us out out of class and stuff. And the only person that got a ticket was Frank because he took the Palm Pilot. What? Oh. And uh, so they were threatening us with uh, expelling us from school. And um, so here's the crazy stuff. It's like unbelievable how this worked. I don't know. Like, so the dean really wanted me to do wrestling and I don't know how the deal went or what happened but it was just the police school that went for us the the yeah. cop that we had in the in the um, at school yeah and so they take us all they interview separate and you interview us separately um and then the dean's like if you join wrestling, we could just suspend you guys for a week. What? <laughs> it was actually three days. That's crazy. It, was, it went from a week to three days. Wow. He, he had insisted, insisted, insisted with having me in the wrestling team. And I don't know, like, if you could do that or how he did it, but we only got suspended for three days. Dude, that's funny because I know that Yella was a wrestler. Yellow definitely wrestled in, in high school. And then I was approached by my school's wrestling team constantly. I wonder if it's just like that BMX energy of being tough and dumb. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> you would make a great wrestler. Why don't you join the team? Oh, definitely. Like, I bet you destroyed people. Yeah, like, or just like, I've seen you crash your bike and that can't hurt any worse than wrestling get on it that's crazy <laughs> so did did uh your friend john join the wrestling team and was he good at it uh john joined the wrestling team actually because, what, he'd be an idiot not to yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. Take uh, that deal. jail or wrestling team. yeah, yeah. <laughs> hard choice it, it was cool because there's no jail there's just yeah. expulsion dude that's what's I had a ticket, and surprisingly, I I think we should not. Is this going live? It's not live. <laughs> it's not live. It's okay. But we don't I mean, edit it. We're not editing. So uh, if you okay. prefer not I mean, to say something, just don't say it. Yeah. But it's your friend. It's not. Yeah, this yeah. John that we're talking. Yeah, about. it's a, it's a distant friend that you haven't talked to in a while. Yes, it's you, it's part. Yeah, of it's been many many years ago. Well, John just like joined the wrestling team um i joined the wrestling team with john um i kicked john's ass yes that's <laughs> what i like to hear that's um, awesome frankie got a ticket because he's still a palm pilot and the other guy i can't remember much of him i remember yeah i hooked up with his sister yeah Fair high enough high school <laughs> high school there's yes. High school <laughs> might as well just be labeled regret. That's all high school is. Hey. That's a pretty... Yeah. <laughs> I had some fun moments. All's well that ends well. Um, oh, my gosh. That's, right. <sighs> so my story I wanted to share about Oscar 
every time I think about Oscar, I think of Oscar at my wedding. Um, we had the every best time, wedding. Right? That was six months ago. I know, but ever since then, okay. I can't think of Oscar without. Even if it's like, hey, I'm gonna text Oscar real fast. The the thought of Oscar at our wedding. We had this crazy rager afterwards, the after party at this giant Airbnb, and there was probably thirty people there, and because the wedding was so impromptu and it was a surprise for me, I didn't know half of the people were coming. So it was just so wonderful to see everybody. And all of us are back at the Airbnb. We wake up and because there's 30 people at this Airbnb, there are people passed out everywhere. And Allie and I are upstairs in the master bedroom and we keep giggling because we would hear people walk past Oscar on the stairs and you would just hear, oh, Oscar, you are looking good. Heck yeah. And then like five minutes later, somebody like, damn, Oscar, sexy as hell. And then like a couple minutes later, you'd hear another weird compliment like that. And so finally I'm curious enough and I get out of bed and I walk down the stairs and he's just in this bay window sitting in a, in a chair, just soaking up the sun, leaned back like just the most machismo a human being could possibly have white linen shirt open chest bare sunglasses on just enjoying the sun just stoic like it was the greatest thing light coming through the window going oh Oh, yeah you know absolutely it it could have been painted it was so perfect it was a little bit of a hangover that's why the sunglasses and but you couldn't tell because the machismo it was the greatest part of it and the best part is, like, 15 minutes later, once everyone finally started waking up, because we all were awoke by the compliments of Oscar, we, uh, we, we, everyone is just so beat up and from the night before of, it's a wedding, so everyone went pretty loose. Oscar just starts cooking, like, a 30-person breakfast, <laughs> shirtless, yeah. on the stove, sunglasses on, same machismo, big grin, ear to ear, just loving on people. Being the provider that he is, it was amazing. It was every single time I think of you, Oscar, I picture that amazing morning of like, that's who I think of when I think of you is this amazing confidence mixed with this incredible humility and the good looks and the kindness mm-hmm. and the big, big giant smile and the heart that like, as soon as everyone was up, you were like, it's time for me to do the right thing. I'm going to make breakfast for a village <laughs> and uh yeah that's that's my favorite story of oscar is by such a, a long margin i was so happy i was so happy to be there like i remember the crazy thing is it was kind of a surprise for me too because they had just told me the night before the wedding and <laughs> because probably be Os- oscar doesn't check his texts or yeah i feel like oscar, oscar much like me and yellow and yeah. oscar were I, I, all I, I, oscar was I, invited I, tough to reach before, but <laughs> he maybe didn't get the memo mm-hmm. until the day hey, I, I respect suck. that game i'm in the same place <laughs> yeah so i i figured out there you're gonna get married the night before and my tires were blown the what? so my tires were blown i'm just like i make it to the um, i make it to the junkyard I get some tires. I remember that day, they were $10 a tire. I make Steel. it, boom, put the tires on, <laughs> go get them balanced, and up to the mountains I go. 
and that's just uh, like that yep it was crazy like i'm just like it's gonna happen we're gonna make it to gavin's wedding screw this i woke up as early as i could make it first in into the junkyard got the tires i was all real dirty because i was like because i took the tires <laughs> off the wheels at the junkyard yep. and uh, i got to my house and i took uh my blown tires off and then i put the new tires on and i'm just like i took him as quick as possible to the um, to the mexican tire shop they yeah. got imbalanced and boom dude there i go that's awesome. That's a new part of the story that I didn't even know, which just adds, I again, another part of Oscar that comes to mind is he's tenacious, he's creative, and he's going he's gonna to make things happen if he's committed. Do you have a favorite Oscar story? Every Oscar story is my favorite story. Yeah. I, I just don't have the memories is the issue. One. I, wish I, I wish I did. I mean, I, I've loved Oscar since the moment. Yeah, I who doesn't? Met him, <laughs> I honestly don't even remember the first time I met him, but it was probably him just flying over some <laughs> crazy <laughs> jump, doing some insane trick and eating shit like no other and getting up and trying it in. And then like that's, eventually that's landing. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I still remember opening your car with a random key. Oh, Trey opened your car with that, a random key. Yeah, we forgot to tell that what? story on uh, Trey's podcast. Yeah, we went to the the Aurora Skate Park and we're hanging. I don't know if I was riding or filming or whatever with Trey. And then I think I like I had this Ford Focus that I locked the keys in the car for whatever reason because I was yeah. just an idiot. And then he's like, oh, no, we got this. And he takes somebody else's, like, all Ford so, keys. And mm-hmm. at this time, it was like a 2001 Focus or whatever. Yeah. He's like, any Ford key from that era can open other doors. And so he just, like, I don't know if it was his car or somebody else's car. He just sticks the key in and you just, like, bump it. And it opens it. No. It's, it was the craziest thing. I was like, there's no fucking way this is going to work. And it, it worked within five seconds. <laughs> That's like, amazing. Like legitimately. I had that like, same year Ford Focus. Aurora, I want to try this now. You know, Aurora is known for not being the the best part of town. So like, and me being from Parker, which is like the it's an affluent place. Uh, yeah. Not that we were, but it just yeah. is. Like, to me, that was just mind-blowing. Like, oh, I would have never... I, I thought I was just done. Like, I yeah, I didn't know what... And Trey was like, no, we got this. Five seconds. Bam. Bam. I am going to try this the moment this podcast ends because the locks in my car, my same year Ford Focus, is that are different than the ignition key. What? <laughs> so I'm going to try it immediately. Let's not break the key, though. <laughs> I have several spares. Cool. Um, well, we're about out of time. So a fun place that we like to end this, Oscar, um, when you think of the word joy, what comes to mind? It's just like a fun, happy place to end it. It doesn't have to be a cool story or anything like yeah. that. It's just genuinely a place where you can remember where joy comes from and share it with everyone. Um, I feel joy comes from for me is with being the people with the people I love like more than anything there's nothing that's going to be being with the people I love even if it's a bad moment if it's a regular moment or if it's a good moment like I mean 
because we're going to overcome something if it's a bad moment and we're going to make a regular moment to real badass moment. So most more than anything, just being with the people I love is is what brings joy to me, like totally like forgetting about everything else and just being with the homies. Heck yeah. I can respect that. That's for sure. Um, so so glad you were able to join us today. We've been thank you guys so pumped to have you on. You're one of my favorite people in the entire <laughs> world. So this is like, this is my moment. You're my Colton Satterfield. That's what's happened. So thank you so much for joining us, dude. Um, oh, thank you guys for having me. It's awesome. Like like I said, it's shit, man. Right now it's a real good moment. Like for me, I'm I'm enjoying myself. Like just getting this stuff out and talking about it like it's a real good time heck yeah thanks Oscar till next time sweet so we're just gonna record a quick little like 10 second intro and then we're gonna move that poster to that wall and we'll take a silly photo and then we're good sweet well done so you don't have to do anything for this it's just us sorry I had to bail a couple times oh no you just back is that no, back? it's just my my leg cannot oh, yeah. be bent mm-hmm. and so i had to like lay down on the ground mm-hmm. like Jeez. it has to just be straight it's crazy like it's all right right now but the, like it's just the smallest you know, move and it sets itself off it wasn't even the move it's just being bent because like i've just had to like lay down for the past two days mm-hmm. and then it's been two weeks so I, i've been laying down a lot but Dude, I have a straight like, leg cast insane. or like brace thing. Would that I mean, help? No, it, because it, it's it's here. It's, oh, not, it's not the knee. It, it it's hurts the hip. here, but it being straight, it it makes it worse unless this is straight. Okay, cool. So it's just like I'm trying to like lay back here. Whatever. Yeah. We made it through. You guys made it happen. Did good. Word. So <coughs> we'll record this real fast, and then we'll be good. You know, one of my favorite stories. Yeah. Is how Dylan made it back with all his camera equipment from that contest. That is a great story. We might have a couple extra minutes on the back end of this because that's a good story. We can, if you, if you know more of that story, I know Danny Josen knows a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of saving it for we him. Can say, uh, we, we, all right, yeah, we'll save it for if Danny. You, if you know a lot of it, because Danny was in... I know Danny was in it from the beginning. Were you in it from the beginning? Mm-hmm. I was in there from the first, uh, the da- first Jack shot. Daniels shot <laughs> when you walked in there. Okay, so. Uh, so, um, okay, I don't know where the beginning starts because. So the beginning was with Dan- with Danny because we were, and were I don't you know if you were there, we were outside the hotel. This mm-hmm. was like right after the contest. It was early in the night, very okay. early. So you didn't get hammered at the VIP uh, party? Uh, that put me over the edge. But so the beginning was Danny Josa and a couple of the, of other of us were like just hanging out outside the hotel mm-hmm. and he just hollers at these girls like, Yo girl, what up? And in any other scenario, that literally never works. That <laughs> never works, but it never works. But for him at this moment it did. And these two girls just be like because we're the only white people. This is not like Cancun. This is like middle yeah. Mexico, like only white people around. And so he hollers at these girls. They turn around like, yo, what up? 
And we, they start talking for a little bit, and they're like, oh, my brother owns this bar. You should come party with us, like, right now. And then so we just do. And we go to this bar, uh, you know, a couple blocks away, and it just drinks and drinks and drinks. Mm-hmm. And for free, of, co- of course, because we're, yeah. like, the... yeah. Everybody's the like, oh, this. it's yeah, yeah, it's the BMX it's the bike riders, yeah. exactly, yeah. Everybody and that would, has her gotten all it. of us into decent yeah. amount of trouble. I mean, and this, like, we're not even, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It just went, it just went crazy, and I don't, I don't necessarily remember a lot, but my, I know my flight was at like. 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. Five, or five or something like that. Five or six a.m. Or and actually, so it was my, a little earlier because no, because my well, the shuttle because we were this was Mexico City, but we were like mm-hmm. two hours away. Yeah, from and you the had airport. to leave earlier. So yeah, the yeah, that's true. The shuttle from the hotel to the airport was at like three oh. three or four mm-hmm. in the morning, and so Jeez. of course we're just gonna party until oh. then and and go to this flight and. So, you know, we're, we're at her brother's bar for a while. We get toasted there and then go to the actual after party of this contest where, again, of course it's free. And they, there's just literally bottles everywhere of everything. Oh. And they, they just dump it down your throat because yeah. so the, that's just what they The do. course builder, uh, he, he doesn't drink. He does not drink a single drop of alcohol. Or he didn't at that time. And he's pouring... Shots of Jack Daniels with tequila on everybody. And oh, I'm just like... That is the worst decision. Right. It's instant blackout for people that are already blacked out. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And I see Dylan and I'm like, Dylan! <laughs> and everybody, everybody yells Dylan, you remember? Like, Dylan! Dylan the villain I is mean, a quasi-famous... A thing. Boom. Remix. Here comes Jeremy to start spraying down Jack Daniels down Dylan's throat. It was the craziest thing because Dylan, Dylan can party. Dylan, Dylan can party. He'll cowboy up if the situation is needed. I don't know. I mean, I I think you've grown since remember, then. Well, so I've seen photos. I don't remember this, but Danny Joseph has shown me photos of me having exchanged clothing with girls <laughs> at this party. Ah. Um, yeah. I, it, it was a good time. It was a good time. You so know, he's told. We had, yeah, so I'm told. You know, no, we nothing, nothing happened. Cra- yeah, nothing, yeah, nothing crazy happened, happened because it, we were blacked out, and I had a 3 a.m. shuttle, and then yeah, I I was blacked out from the beginning. So I also have t- like my job was to film this contest. So I have all these cameras and all this stuff that luckily I had like packed up and ready to go in my hotel room. And somehow... A responsible partier. Yes. I am <laughs> yeah. responsible in that case. So somehow, at three in the morning, somebody, I, I think it's Danny because he wasn't drinking, and then Ryan Galvin, who was there taking photos, uh, and my, my roommate in the hotel, they somehow got me back to the hotel and then grabbed my gear, helped me grab my Jeez. gear, and onto this shuttle. And... So I get to the airport at five in the morning or whatever, and still blackout wasted. I kind of, like kind of remember. I I think I went and like checked my bags and then got in security and forgot I had checked my bags and thought I didn't. So then 
th- thought I didn't have a ticket, so got out of line, went back to the no. the desk and uh, like bumbled something to them. I, I need a ticket. They're like, you got your ticket. So I get back in security line, vomit into the trash can oh my of, the, of security line, somehow make it to security, and then luckily thought to set an alarm, because I get there a, a little bit early, but yeah, set an alarm for when the plane is about to take off, pass out, alarm goes off, wake up, get on the plane, blackout until I land in LAX, which it was only like an hour or two flight and it's whatever eight in the morning at LAX and I'm still blackout wasted get to my car and I'm like there's no way I can drive home I I live an hour away in Huntington there's no possible way I can drive home right now so I'm like all right I'll just lean my chair back and pass out I lean back 30 seconds later a plane flies over I'm like oh yeah I'm by an airport 30 seconds later another airplane goes over I'm like there's no way I'm sleeping. So I make a silly decision, and I don't recommend what? this to anybody, but I, I drive home but from LAX on Sunday morning, com- completely wasted, get get home at like 9 or 10 in the morning, walk into the, my house, my roommates are like, how was the contest? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm still wasted, so I think <laughs> it was pretty good. Oh, my God. God, and then I, I, I you drove. You know the craziest. Like I, I've never seen Dylan get wild ever. Like, so that's <sighs> that would be a fun thing. That's the crazy thing because he was dancing to Mexican music with this. She was a thicker girl, but she was really beautiful dude. thicker <laughs> girl. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, Everyone likes a thicker milkshake. That's just more ice cream and milkshake. Because that was because I did not Gifts. exchange clothes with a with a thicker girl because obviously that wouldn't work. No. So. No. Obviously, I was just. But you were dancing field. with a thicker girl. And you got your you got your face smashed by some big fat tits. What? <laughs> thicker girl kiss. <laughs> oh my god! I remember first time hearing about this. I this remember like, seeing that. I'm just like probably five oh years ago. Oh my god, Dylan! Dude, I feel like this everyone was five years ago, and this is the first time hearing of it. And everyone who's been hilarious. friends with Dylan has a first time they saw Dylan get loose. Because everyone who knows Dylan, unless they met very recently. Knew a very different human being, <laughs> and I'm just like freaking out because I've never seen like I, I've always known you so serious like my whole life. Yeah, like qu- reserved, like, mm-hmm. quiet. He's gonna interject when there's something important and to just, say. You gain some big old fat ones oh, on no. your face. I'm like, oh my god, yes, oh, that's just <laughs> oh my god! There's another time where I was like, "Yes, Dylan." I can't remember right now, but that's that's, that's one of the times I'm just like, "My boy Dylan's got it." Dude, and these chicks, these so chicks bailed out on on you guys. That is like they so went to the crazy. restroom and like you guys moved or something. Oh yeah, I I'm mean, sure you could barely stand. It's probably yeah. for the best. Yeah. I don't and know. Uh, oh my god, I, I just, no. I just. No. I just bit remember of that bonus one. content right there. little bonus story of yeah, Dylan the that's Villain. A, that's a Dylan the Villain. Story, yeah. mm-hmm. All right, well, let's yeah. record this. Uh, and you still gave me a high five because I smashed this other girl, and he was like, oh, my God, you got that girl? I'm like, yep. Dude, <laughs> that's hilarious. I do, remember, I do remember hearing that story, yes. I, Gosh. I remember Oscar's story more than my story. Well... I have a game night to get to, speaking of Joy Quota, so we'll get this intro going. All right. Peace.